0: Psalm 35 beginning in verse 1, plead my cause O Lord with those who strive with me, fight against those who fight against me, take hold of shield and buckler and stand up for my help, also draw out the spear and stop those who pursue me, say to my soul I am your salvation. Let those be put to shame and brought to dishonor who seek after my life. Let those be turned back and brought to confusion who plot my hurt. Let them be like chaff before the wind, and let the angel of the Lord chase them. Let their way be dark and slippery, and let the angel of the Lord pursue them. For without a cause they have hidden their net from me in a pit, which they have dug without without a cause for my life. Let destruction come upon him unexpectedly, and let his net that he is hidden, catch himself into that very destruction, let him fall. My soul shall be joyful in the Lord, shall rejoice in his salvation. All my bones shall say, Lord, who is like you? Delivering the poor from him who is too strong for him. Yes, the poor and the needy from him who plunders him. Fierce witnesses rise up. They ask me things that I do not know. They reward me evil for good to the sorrow of my soul. But as for me, when they were sick, my clothing was sackcloth. I humbled myself with fasting and my prayer would return to my own heart. I I paced about as though he were my friend or brother. I bowed down heavily as one who mourns for his mother. But in my adversity, they rejoiced and gathered together. Attackers gathered against me, and I did not know it. They tore at me and did not cease. With ungodly mockers at feasts, they gnashed at me with their teeth. Lord, how long will you look on? Rescue me from their destructions, my precious life from the lions. I'll give you thanks in the great assembly. I will praise you among many people. Let them not rejoice over me who are wrongfully my enemies nor let them wink the eye who hate me without a cause, for they do not speak peace, but they devise evil matters against the quiet ones in the land. They also opened their mouth wide against me and said, Aha! Our eyes have seen it. This you have seen, O Lord. Do not keep silence. O Lord, do not be far from me. Stir up yourself and awake to my vindication, to my cause, my God and my Lord. Vindicate me, O Lord my God, according to your righteousness, and let them not rejoice over me. Let them not say in their hearts, Ah, so we have it. Let them not say we have swallowed him up. Let them be ashamed and brought to mutual confusion who rejoice at my hurt. Let them be clothed with shame and dishonor who exalt themselves against me. Let them shout for joy and be glad who favor my righteous cause. And let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified, who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. And my tongue shall speak of your righteousness and of your praise all the day long. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you would add your blessing to this, the reading of your holy word. I pray, God, that you would open our eyes, that we might see wondrous things in it. And I pray, O God, that you would fill me with your spirit, that you would give me boldness in my heart to speak your word, encourage to say it, Lord. And Lord, I just pray that you would put your words in my mouth, your thoughts in my mind, your love in my heart, for you, for your people, and for your word. And may you be honored with everything that's said and done this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Lou Holtz, the former football coach for the University of Notre Dame, University of South Carolina, once said, Do not tell people your problems, because 90% do not care, and the other 10% are glad you got them. Today's message is about the other 10%. Today's message is about those who rejoice when things go wrong for you. Today's message is about those that we would view as possibly enemies, enemies, As a matter of fact, the the title of my message this morning is How to Deal with Our Enemies. I know what some of you are thinking. Enemies? Me? Enemies? How can I have enemies? I'm smart and good-looking and friendly and talented and likable and full of charisma and humble. Don't forget humble. But I hate to burst your bubble. But there are those... Who don't like you. In fact, there are those who hate you. They hate you. And that shouldn't surprise us. Jesus talking to his disciples about the end times in Luke chapter 21 said this, And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. He said in John chapter 15 verse 18, If the world hates you, you know that it hated you. Before It it hated me before it hated you. Now these verses are talking about the hatred of Christians in general. By those who are following the world system. And the fact of the matter is that today, right now, there are people who hate you for no other reason than the fact that you name the name of Christ. And they hate you for that reason. They hate me for that reason. You've not done anything to them. Possibly you've never met them in your life. But they hate you because you follow Jesus. But then there are also those who are individuals that you will meet in your life who don't like you. Who are opposed to you. And some of them even might hate you. You'll find those people at school You'll find them at work. You'll find them in the neighborhood. As a matter of fact, Jesus said, You are to love your neighbors and you are to love your enemies. You know why he said that? Because they're usually the same person. Uh, You find them at school. You'll find them at work. You'll find them in the neighborhoods. You'll find them in civic organizations and hobbies that you're involved in. You'll find them at the market. You'll find them everywhere you go. And sadly, sometimes you will find them in church. Those who are opposed to you. So, when we encounter enemies, how do we deal with them? Well, I need to say this up front. I'm not your enemy, and nobody in this room is my enemy. Enemies take different forms, but remember, even that individual who may be opposing you in your ministry, the Bible says, we do not, we do not struggle against flesh and blood, but against the principalities and the powers and the darkness of this world. So ultimately, that person is not your enemy. That person who opposes you, who tries to put roadblocks in your way, that person who, who tries to bring you down, that person, that individual is not your enemy. He or she may be used as a pawn in the hands of your real enemy, but those are not your enemies. But when we encounter enemies, and we will, when we encounter enemies, how do we deal with it? What do we do? Well, first and foremost, we draw comfort. From our Lord. When you are faced by opposition, when you are face, faced with those who do not like you for whatever reason, you draw your comfort and your strength from your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Here, as David cries out, we don't know exactly the exact thing that's going on in David's life when he wrote this psalm. We can't pinpoint exactly what it was, but there... There were some major issues going on. There were some people who were really coming against him at this time. And we know David. We know some of his problems were self-inflicted and some weren't. But whatever the specific item or or circumstance from David's life was going on, we find very quickly that, boy, it was tough. And he was crying out to God over and over and over to protect him, to help him, to plead, to to fight for him, and all of these things. Well, in in the midst of that, in verse 3, at the end of the verse, it says, And say to my soul, I am your salvation. I am your salvation. We need God to whisper to us when we're in the midst of a battle. When we're facing those who are opposed to us, we need to be reminded by our Heavenly Father, I am your salvation. No matter what you're facing, I am your salvation. As I said, the enemies that we face will take different forms. Of course, ultimately our enemy is Satan. The Scripture teaches that he is our adversary and he's walking about seeking whom he may devour. He wants to destroy you. He wants to destroy me. He can't have us. If we truly know Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord, we're in his hand and no one can pluck us out of his hand. So Satan can't have us. But he will do everything he can to destroy us on earth and destroy the ministry that God has placed us in. And some of the ways that he does it is he'll just start to whisper negativity into our hearts and into our minds. You're no good. Which I say, well, I know the Bible tells me that. There's none good, no, not one. (laughs) Nobody likes you. Nobody cares for you. You're ugly. You're stupid. I even had the devil whisper in my ear one time. He tried to whisper in my ear that I'm fat. You're fat. But the Bible tells me the devil's a liar, so I didn't pay a bit of attention to anything he had to say. But won't he try to put those negative thoughts in your mind and in your heart Cause you to doubt yourself, to cause you to doubt your relationship with the Lord, to cause you to doubt your purpose. He is your enemy and He wants to destroy you. And then the other form that, that our enemies take are, you know, just the organized opposition to Christianity, the world system, where Jesus said, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. And that is just the organized world system that is opposed to Christ. And if you're walking with Jesus, you're going to face that at some point in time in your life. That organized opposition to Christianity as a whole. And then there are those individuals that, again, I say, are not your enemies, but are used by Satan as enemies. They stand against you. They oppose you for whatever reason. They don't like you. Well regardless of who our enemies are, we know who our comforter is, don't we? So when we face that opposition, when we face those struggles, when we face those enemies in our lives, we run to our comforter. So that he can whisper in our ear, you're mine. You belong to me. You are important. You are loved. You say, well, how much much am I loved? This much. This much. You are loved. You see, when we face our enemies, one of the first things we need to do is run to our Lord for comfort. For comfort. Also, when enemies come our way, there's something else that we need to do, and that is we need to treat our enemies like our friends. Wow, boy, that rolls right off the tongue, but it is hard to do, right? Let me just go ahead and say I'll just throw a disclaimer out there: you can't do that, and neither can I, in our own strength. Somebody slaps me, you know what I want to do? I'll slap them back. Somebody curses me, I want to curse them back. Somebody tells me I'm number one, I want to give them two. Okay, that's what I. That is my natural tendency: payback, revenge. But that's not what we're called to as Christians, is it? The Bible says, Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. And we are to treat our enemies like our friends. We see this starting in verse 13. He's talking about his enemies coming against him and attacking him and all of these things. But he says, But as for me, when they were sick, my clothing was sackcloth. That was clothing that was put on for mourning and for fasting. He said, my clothing was sackcloth. I humbled myself with fasting. My prayer would return to my own heart. I paced about as though he were my friend or my brother. I bowed down heavily as one who mourns for his mother. I can tell you right now, so far, thankfully, I've not had to deal with this. But my time's coming when my mother's going to leave this world. And I know what a hurt that's going to be to my heart. And here is David talking about his enemies saying that when my enemy was sick, I mourned like it was my mother. He treated his enemies like his friends. And that's not the only place we find it in the Scriptures. Proverbs 25, 21 and 22 says, If your enemy is hungry... Give him bread to eat. If he is thirsty, give him water to drink. For so you will heap coals of fire on his head, and the Lord will reward you. My mother-in-law, she's condensed this into one little phrase, kill him with kindness. Kill him with kindness. They're treating you bad, you kill them with kindness. Because here it's saying, look, that, that's going to bring the judgment on them. And boy, won't that just tick them off too. If they're, they're just snarling at you and growling at you, and you, you can just smile, and well, God bless you, brother. You know. Now again, I can't do that unless Christ is working through me. It's only in the power of Christ that we can do that. That's what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5. He said, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who are spitefully, who spitefully use you and persecute you, That you may be sons of your Father. I don't want you to miss that clause there. That you may be sons of your Father. Do all these things because that's what He did for us. He hung on the cross and they mocked and they ridiculed. And if you really are the Son of God, save yourself and save us. They spat on Him. They slapped Him. All of these things. And what did He do? Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. This world is lucky that that I'm not Jesus. Because if I were on that cross and I had the ability and the power to come down off that cross, I'd have come down off that cross and I'd have showed them what for. But praise God, I'm not Jesus. And praise God, he stayed on that cross in the midst of that ridicule and that anger and that hatred. So here he's saying, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, for in doing that, you're following my example. You're acting like one of my children. So really, when we think about this, we treat our enemies like our friends, it's like, We're following the example of the Lord. Well, how do we do that? Well, we we don't rejoice over their tragedies. Verses 13 and 14, I've read those verses already. He said, they were sick and I mourned. Mark Twain once wrote, he said, "Uh, I did not attend this man's funeral, but I wrote a nice letter saying that I approved of it. Do not rejoice over the hardships and trials of others. Don't repay evil for evil. That's what the wicked do. Because here, right on the heels of him saying, when he was sick, I mourned over him, just like he was my brother, just like he was my best friend, just like he was my mother, I mourned over his sickness. And then you go right on to that. But he said, but in my adversity, they rejoiced. They gathered together. Attackers gathered against me. They tore at me. They mocked me. They gnashed at me with their teeth. You see, repaying evil, that's what... That's what the wicked do. We don't repay evil for evil. Love your enemies. Pray for those who spitefully use you and abuse you. And leave vengeance to the Lord. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I will repay. So if you feel like you need to pay back, really and truly what you're saying is you don't trust the Lord to do it. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Don't repay evil for evil. Don't give them a reason to be your enemy. Over several verses in this psalm, David stresses, they've done this without a cause, without a cause. Three or four times he says, without a cause. They they have no reason that I'm their enemy. Well, look, if you're facing an enemy right now, a hardship right now, a difficulty that's coming against you right now, it might be that you're being persecuted for your faith. Or it might be that you're just acting like a jerk. And you deserve it. So don't give people a reason. Now, if you're being persecuted because of your faith, because you're standing up for Jesus, that's one thing. But if you're being persecuted because you're acting like a jerk, that's something else. See, the Paul tells us in Romans, as much as depends upon you, Live peaceably with all people. Now, you can't control anybody else. You might be just as good as gold, just as nice and friendly and sweet and kind as you can be, and they still might hate you. You can't control that. As much as depends upon you, be at peace with all people. So we go to our Lord for comfort when we face our enemies. We treat our enemies like our friends, or in other words, we follow the example of the Lord. And then number three, we take our complaints to God. We take our complaints to Him. This psalm, there's 28 verses and there's about 30 specific requests where God, where David is crying out to God, help me, deliver me, fight for me, plead my cause. Over and over and over, David is not fighting back himself. He's going to God. He's saying, Lord, I can't handle this. I can't control this. I don't know why they hate me but you need to take care of this. You see, David knew that ultimately God was the only one that could change his situation anyway. So he should go to him. Why do we need to go to God? Well, because God's our lawyer. (laughs) Verse 1, plead my cause, O Lord. Plead my cause. He's our spokesman. He's our mediator. He's our go-between. He needs to be the one that speaks up for us. We don't need to defend our honor and our good name. God will. God will. Why do we take our complaints to God? Because God is our warrior. He is the one and first several verses He says, fight against those who fight against me. Take hold of shield and buckler and stand up. He's saying, you be my shield. The the shield is is the little small one, and then the buckler was often carried by someone in front of them. It was a large body-length shield. And here David's saying, you take care of both of them. He said, you stand up. You be my shield, God. Be my warrior. Fight for me. There's a verse in the Scripture that says, there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. How many in here had an older brother? Show of hands, older brother. Okay, I had one, he's three and a half years older than I am. And uh, he used to beat the snot out of me on a regular basis. Now, I outweighed him by 30 or 40 pounds, but it didn't matter. He, he beat the snot out of me. I beat him up one time. One time, he was sick, his antibodies were low. And, and I took it to him, buddy. This might be my only chance. I'm going to take care of him. But the fact of the matter is, you didn't mess with me if my brother was with me. You didn't, you didn't pick on me when, if my brother was standing by my side because more than once he's jumped in and defended me. And look, the Scripture says we have one who sticks closer than a brother. And he will fight our battles for us. He will fight our wars for us. God is our lawyer. He's our warrior. He's our comforter, and I've already talked about that. Verse 3, I am your salvation. He's our lifeguard. Verse 17, rescue me. We can't save ourselves. God can. God will. And He's our watchman. Verse 22. Now in verse 21 it says, look, they opened their mouth wide against me and said, aha, our eyes have seen it. Like, you know, we've taken control. We're, we're, We're overcoming you. And then notice what he says next. He says, this you have seen, O Lord. They say they've seen something. He's saying, this you have seen, O Lord. He's our watchman. You might get ambushed. He won't. You might be blindsided. He won't. You might be taken by surprise. He won't. He won't. He sees what's around the bend over the hill. He knows what's coming. And I'm glad he's looking out for us. One of my favorite verses in all of the scripture, in all of the, the Psalms, is found just over in Psalm 32, verse 8. Where the Bible says, this is God speaking. He says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go. I will guide you with my eye. It struck me. I don't know how many years ago as I was reading that passage. (laughs) Aren't you glad that we are called to walk by faith in a God who walks by sight? He knows what's coming. He never slumbers or sleeps. So you can lay your head on your pillow at night and rest knowing that God's got this. He's watching. He knows. He sees. Again, rug may be ripped out from under you. Somebody who you thought was your friend is your enemy. You don't know where it came from or how it got there. God's got this. Take your complaints to Him. Put your trust in Him. Get your comfort from Him. And then seek to follow His example. Now, this, only does, this can only happen and the power and the strength of the Lord Jesus Christ. This, this sermon is so much easier to preach than it is to live. And I know that. But it only comes through His strength and His power. I read about Corey Tin Boom, who was in the uh, concentration camps in Germany in World War II. And she survived, but she was the only one in her family who survived. And after it was over, the Lord used her to go around and travel and tell of her experiences and tell of how the Lord brought her through that and gave her victory in that. She often spoke at, at Billy Graham rallies and crusades throughout the years. And she said in one of her books she was, she was speaking in Germany at a, at a church. And as she was, had finished her talk, she had finished speaking... She looked, people were lining up, coming up to speak, you know, to speak with her and to shake her hand. And she looked back and she saw toward the back a man who had been one of her prison guards at the concentration camp. And hatred and anger was welling up in her heart. She hated that man. And, and look, we would say with cause, with good cause, because of the, the, the vile things that he had participated in. He had participated in the death of her family. And she stood there as he now, evidently, God had changed his life. And he was walking with Jesus. is making his way to her, but she's still remembering that flea-infested room that she was in. And the shame and the, and the things that he and others like him had put her through. And this hatred is burning in her heart. And then at the same time, God is saying, you have to forgive. You have to forgive. And she's like, God, I can't. I can't. And all this while, she's arguing with God over what had happened in her life and what God was asking her to do. She's arguing with God, and this man's coming closer and closer and closer. She said, I wanted to slap his face. I wanted to spit in his face. But when he got in front of me, through the power of the Holy Spirit, She said, my arm raised up and I shook his hand. And she said, when I shook his hand, it was like the love of God poured all through my body. And I was set free from my hatred and my anger. You see, the way we deal with our enemies is we've got to go to God and have him do it for us because we can't do it on our own. I know you face them. You're going to face them in ministry. Just be prepared to run to your heavenly Father. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for this day and the opportunity to share with with these students. And I just pray your blessings upon them as they begin a new quarter. I pray, Lord, that you would use them for your glory. And Lord, I agree with Scott and I lift up Chris and Lisa to you. And I pray your mercy and grace upon them, Lord, that you would bless that family with your presence during this very difficult time in their lives, Lord. Lord, I just pray this in all Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.